Even a reporter at CNN has come to the conclusion that Joe Biden is worse than Jimmy Carter. The media are having a meltdown over Joe Manchin, but loved it when John McCain was the maverick. Plus, we'll take a closer look at the rechargeable batteries for electric cars. All that and more, I'm Bobby Everly. This is a 13-minute news hour. God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Wednesday. I hope you're having a great week. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with Joe Biden because you know things are bad when even CNN starts comparing Biden to Jimmy Carter. Now, I know that Andrew Johnson is considered by many historians to be the worst president ever, but in my lifetime, the gold standard for bad presidents is Jimmy Carter. Inflation, gas lines, Iranian hostage crisis, and on and on. Carter was the worst. But now, as CNN reports, Joe Biden has entered and surpassed Jimmy Carter territory in the eyes of the voters. Here's the story. Joe Biden is struggling in the minds of the American public. While his approval rating is down on a slew of issues, his difficulties are perhaps most noticeable on the economy. Biden now sports the lowest net economic rating of any president at this point through their first term since at least Jimmy Carter in 1977. In the latest CNN SSRS poll, Biden comes in with a 45% approval rating to 54% disapproval rating among registered voters on his economic performance. This makes for a negative nine-point net approval rating. The average of all polls taken in December is quite similar, with Biden at negative 13 points on the economy. Wow, an average of negative 13 points across all polls on the economy. And of course it is. People are hurting. Inflation is at a level not seen in decades. We have the lowest labor participation since the 1970s, the Carter era. We have high gas prices and supply chain issues. And Biden has been unable to show any kind of leadership whatsoever. He's busy blasting unvaccinated Americans instead. So where does Biden stand historically? Here's more. The average president at this point in the last 44 years, since we have been polling on the topic, had a net economic approval rating of plus five points. That means Biden's is 18 points worse than the average. The best rating, perhaps unsurprisingly, belonged to George W. Bush following the September 11th attacks. He was at plus 37 points at a time when his approval ratings on all issues were high thanks to the rally around the flag effect. Notably, Biden's net rating is worse than his two immediate predecessors, Barack Obama in December 2009 and Donald Trump in December 2017. Both Obama and Trump had net approval ratings on the economy of minus four points. Negative four for Obama at this point in his presidency, and the same for Trump. Negative 13 for Biden. The CNN report does note at the end that Biden still has three years to go until the 2024 election. Can you believe it? All of this has happened in less than one year. Remember, Biden telling Americans, all of us, that he was going to end COVID? Remember that? End it. Biden's team told the American people recently that gas was two cents cheaper than it was a few weeks before, even though it's gone up over a dollar per gallon during Biden's term. Biden said that troops wouldn't leave Afghanistan 
until all Americans were out first. Then he removed all the troops, leaving hundreds of Americans stranded. Oh, and then there's the crisis at the southern border. That's an entire show's worth of bad news in just one issue. Now, it's clear that the American people are tired of Joe Biden. Back in October, Jen Psaki was asked about poor approval ratings. Here's what she said. Well, a lot of people in this room work for organizations that have done polls, and there's a lot of underlying data in them. And sometimes it differs. So uh, I would just go back to what our view is, is that um, we're still going through a hard time in this country. And people are tired of fighting a pandemic. They're tired of the impact on their lives. Some of them are sick and tired of people who won't get vaccinated, who they feel are impacting their ability to live life in a normal way. Uh, some people are still fearful for loved ones. And we all thought that it would be over at this point in time. Obviously, the Delta variant and other factors have led to uh, this to be extended. So there's no question that the fatigue with COVID is impacting people. Biden and Saki blame everything on COVID. And in the meantime, most Americans are not living in fear. They are living in economic times worse than Jimmy Carter's with no real leadership in sight. All right, next let's talk about Democrat Senator Joe Manchin. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, let's talk about Joe Manchin because the Democrats are outraged that he is voting against Biden's socialist spending bill known as Build Back Better. They are saying that he single-handedly brought down the legislation, even though a majority of senators are opposed to it. Of course, what the Democrats and the media are really freaking out about is that Manchin is a Democrat. He should just fall in line. He definitely shouldn't go it alone or be a maverick. But wait a second. The media seemed to love it when John McCain got all mavericky. They didn't have a problem with McCain at all. That's because the media and Democrats just want to win, and McCain helped them. Manchin is doing the opposite. Here's a tweet from Sam Stein over at Politico. A lot to process on the Manchin news, but from a substantive standpoint, it's just objectively devastating for the planet. The last best chance at climate change legislation is gone. ABC News reported that a single senator is about to seriously set back an entire presidential agenda. And the Associated Press is calling Manchin an uneven negotiator. But let's take a look back at 2017, when McCain went against Senate Republicans and voted against a repeal of Obamacare. McCain rejecting desperate pleas from Vice President Mike Pence and Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, even taking a phone call from President Trump, according to a source. But none of it swaying the veteran senator, who lived up to his nickname, the Maverick. I mean, look, sometimes, you know, uh, things here in Washington really do happen the way they happen in the, in the movies. And John McCain has a gift for political theater. You know, yes, ordinarily. And after the weeks that John McCain has, has had, it's just remarkable, I guess. It, it, was, it was breathtaking. Wow. McCain has a gift for political theater. He was breathtaking. He was remarkable. And of course, McCain was a maverick. The praise heaped on McCain was just nonstop. And as you know, it had nothing to do with being independent or following his constituents or anything like that. It was that McCain was sticking it to the Republicans. That's why McCain received all the media attention. In the case of Joe Manchin, the media and Democrats look at him as the Antichrist. He's not all mavericky. He's a threat, a threat to democracy as we know it, 
or some other hyperbolic phrase that the media will use. The real question is with Manchin hailing from one of the reddest states in the country, how much longer can he continue to be a Democrat? Talk is building that he might switch, that there might be a switch on the horizon. Here's the story. A growing roster of Republican lawmakers are encouraging Senator Joe Manchin to consider crossing the aisle permanently to join the GOP. Some left-wing Democrats are imploring the moderate Manchin to leave the party following his opposition to President Biden's $1.8 trillion Build Back Better spending package, but the senator has not publicly expressed an intention of defecting. Last week, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell told reporters that it would be a great idea if Manchin were to switch. You have to just sit back and look at the Democrats sometimes because it's just amazing what they will do or say. They just got gifted a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. But some Democrats are saying they should have voted against it unless it also included the Build Back Better legislation. They wanted all or nothing and that it would have received nothing. Instead, they still got a bill and are unhappy. Now, they want to drive Manchin to the Republican Party with no clue of what the consequences would be. Would Manchin suddenly change the way he votes or suddenly become more conservative? No, Manchin is Manchin. He's a Democrat from a very red pro-Trump state. But if the Democrats did drive him away, then Republicans would take over the Senate. And that means having Republican committee chairs and setting the Senate agenda. It's a big deal. But the Democrats are so blinded by anger, they can't even see it. Here's Senator Ted Cruz on Manchin. You know, a lot of folks ask, well, gosh, is, is Manchin going to become a Republican? I hope he does. I've asked him to. I think every Republican senator has made that case a dozen times to Joe. Um, I will say I think it's a tough hill for him to climb. He's just culturally, he's a Democrat. He's been a Democrat his whole life. And, and he's, he's really the godfather of Democrats in West Virginia. So I get why switching parties, that's hard. That being said, if they're nasty enough, the best thing that, that could happen is they could drive him over to the Republican Party and we would welcome him. So what is going to happen? Do you think Manchin will leave the Democrats? Do you want Manchin to leave the Democrats? Let me know in the comments. All right, next let's talk about electric vehicles because it's interesting that those on the left keep pushing electric cars as if magically there is no environmental impact at all. It's as if these cars just appear out of nowhere. They have zero emissions, so wow, they must be 100% A-OK -okay for the environment and for the United States. Let's dig a little deeper into the reality, not the left-wing spin. First of all, one of the prime components for rechargeable batteries is lithium. It has to come from somewhere. It does. It's mined. And now we have environmentalists coming forward and saying, oh, wait a second, hold on a minute. For example, in Portugal, there is an area that contains the largest lithium deposit in Western Europe. It's in a forest. It has to be mined. The residents are concerned about air pollution, deforestation, water pollution, and more, all to get the lithium for the green batteries. Officials are clashing with environmentalists in Nevada as well over similar concerns with the mining of a huge deposit in that state. And then there's the cost. Here's the story. The cost of lithium has skyrocketed more than 250% over the last 12 months, hitting its highest level ever, according to an industry index from Benchmark Mineral Intelligence. 
While the cost of manufacturing a lithium-ion battery for an electric vehicle has fallen sharply over the last decade, the decline has slowed in recent months due to rising lithium costs. The U.S. has roughly 750,000 metric tons of lithium that can be mined, but it produces very little and imports tens of thousands of metric tons worth from Argentina, Chile, China, and Russia, according to the United States Geological Survey. China and Russia. America was energy independent. Now, because of Biden's policies, he's begging nations in the Middle East to increase oil production. That hurts our national security interests. When it comes to lithium, two of the biggest players in the world are China and Russia. Once again, Biden's push makes us more dependent on nations that are not our friends. Here's more. Converting and processing lithium into the actual components of an EV battery may also prevent prices from falling, Bloomberg reported. China currently dominates the battery processing market, and it is responsible for about 80% of global battery chemical refining capacity. Meanwhile, Western leaders have vowed support for aggressive measures to push consumers toward purchasing EVs as their next new vehicle. In the U.S., President Joe Biden outlined a plan for 50% of new car purchases to be zero emissions by 2030. Not only are we dependent on other countries for lithium, we are dependent on China for processing the lithium. And again, in the larger picture, there's the potential for deforestation, water pollution, soil erosion, battery contamination, and more. All from what the left calls an eco-friendly energy source. Make no mistake, friends, this is a political agenda driven by the left, not an environmental one. Okay, so we've had Joe Biden being worse than Jimmy Carter, the Democrats working to push Joe Manchin out of the party, and the not-so-environmentally-friendly rechargeable car batteries. We need to ask the left, do you have a relaxed brain? I got what you call, like, I don't know, a relaxed brain. Yes, it's only Wednesday, but as I mentioned on our last show, Friday is Christmas Eve, and then traditionally, I take the week off between Christmas and New Year's. So, this is our last show for 2021, and we can't close out the year without some relaxed brain. First, how about Democrat Senator Richard Blumenthal, who's now apologizing for attending an awards ceremony sponsored by the Communist Party of America. He said he thought it was just a labor event. Here's the story. Blumenthal said in an interview on Friday that he regrets attending the award ceremony hosted by the Connecticut People's World Committee, which is affiliated with the Communist Party USA. Blumenthal presented certificates from the Senate to three winners of the Amistad Award, which honors labor and social justice activists. My understanding was this ceremony was strictly a labor event, Blumenthal told the Hartford Current. If I had known the details, I wouldn't have gone. Blumenthal, one of the wealthiest members of the Senate, insisted that he is a strong believer in American capitalism. A strong believer in capitalism. They always say that when they get caught at communist or socialist events. Then there's singer-actress Bette Midler, who had to issue an apology of her own. Turns out that in her zeal to blast Joe Manchin, Midler managed to attack the entire state of West Virginia in the process. Expressing her displeasure for Manchin, Midler tweeted this. What Joe Manchin, who represents a population smaller than Brooklyn, has done to the rest of America who wants to move forward, not backward like his state, is horrible. He sold us out. 
He wants all of us to be just like his state, West Virginia, poor, illiterate, and strung out. Unreal. This is just a classic case of liberal elitism. She has no clue about what most Americans have to deal with. And she certainly has no clue about what the people of West Virginia have to deal with. In her apology, Midler tweeted this. I apologize to the good people of West Virginia for my last outburst. I'm just seeing red. Joe Manchin and his whole family are a criminal enterprise. Is he really the best West Virginia has to offer its own citizens? Surely there's someone there who has the state's interests at heart, not his own. Let's see. In 2016, West Virginia voters went for Trump over Clinton with 68.5% for Trump and only 26.4% for Clinton. In 2020, it was 68.6% for Trump and 29.7% for Biden. So Trump won both times by around 40 points. 40 points. If Midler had any sense at all, she'd see that Joe Manchin is the best the Democrats could ever hope for from West Virginia. Okay, let's wrap up with some headlines from the Babylon Bee. First, the Bidens have a new White House dog. Apparently the last one had a problem biting guests. It's official, new White House dog to be named Carl Barks. So what do you think, Carl Barks? Come on. And then with all the woke left-wing complaints about pronouns and misgendering, we have this breaking news. Man mistaken for redhead complains of being misgingered. <laughs> oh my gosh, that one cracks me up. And then we'll close with politics. Due to supply chain issues, Democrats recommend mailing in your votes for 2024 now. I could actually see that happening as an official Democrat ad. So folks, I hope you have a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And whatever you do, please don't misginger anyone. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our next show is going to be Monday evening, January 3rd at the usual time, 6.30 p.m. Central. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.